Good morning, and welcome to According to the Scriptures. My name is Kyle Webb. I serve as the minister for the Mars Hill Church of Christ that meets in Christiana, Tennessee. I'm happy to be able to be with you today, and I'm happy that you've decided to join me as we continue our study of why I am a member of the Church of Christ. Uh, If you're new to the program, we have been studying from a book with the same title, Why I Am a Member of the Church of Christ, written by Leroy Brownlow. And we are on the tenth reason in that book of why I'm a member of the Church of Christ. And reason number ten is that it believes the Bible is a book to be rightly divided. One of the reasons that I'm a member of the Church of Christ is that I believe the Bible is a book to be rightly divided divided. Now there are ways that that we can divide the scriptures and we have looked at at some of those ways. We recognize the most common way uh, between the Old and the New Testaments and we also recognize uh, the establishment of the New Covenant following Christ's death. And so as we look at that division between the Old and the New then we understand very clearly that this is the way that God wants his word to be divided. We also divide it in different ways as far as as just us taking the scriptures and recognizing the time period and the purpose for certain writings, such as the Old Testament. In the Old Testament, we have Uh, the divisions of the books of law, the books of Moses, uh, which would be the first five books of the Bible. Um, And and here we have the law is given to the people um, and so forth. But we have this division. We also have division of history and poetry and prophecy. There are certain books that have different purposes depending on uh, how we we understand them, how we interpret them, and we need to interpret them in the right way. And also in the New Testament, you have the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Uh, you have the history of conversions in the book of Acts. You have the letters, which were mostly written by Paul, uh, but these letters were written to churches and individual Christians. And you have one book of prophecy in the New Testament, and that being the book of Revelation. But all of these are important to us in some way, and they help us to uh, understand what God's will is. But again, we have to rightly divide the scriptures. And if we fail to rightly divide the scriptures, it is very easy for us to take something that is written for a certain group of people such as the writings of the Old Testament. And we have those that try to apply them to our time period today, to apply them to to our age. 
our dispensation of time, and we cannot follow the laws of the Old Testament. There was a time and place and a purpose for them, but we cannot follow those things today. The prophecies that are written in the Old Testament were meant to be fulfilled, and we find their fulfillment in the New Testament. Um, Very few of them actually apply to us today unless they speak of the second coming of Christ. It's very important that we rightly divide the scriptures and that we keep the time and purpose and, and all of that in the right context. As we're studying the Bible, it's important that everything that we study, we do so in the right context. All of those things are very important. We have been talking most recently about the division of the dispensations of time. There are three basic dispensations of time. We have talked about the patriarchal age, the age where God spoke to fathers of families and they spread God's message to their families or to God's people in that way. God doesn't speak to us in the way that he once did. And so we understand that this is for the patriarchal age and only for that age. It doesn't apply to us directly, Uh, indirectly maybe so, as we study God's word and as we try to understand. But it doesn't apply directly to us. God reveals his word and his way and his will in a different manner than he did to them. And even in the Jewish age, the Mosaic age, uh, we have that that the law was given to Moses, who gave it to God's people, and they were to follow it up until a certain time. We understand that this system of law was not meant to be permanent. There was going to come a time when this way of delivering God's will to the people would be passed away, would be done away with. And there would be a new way in which God would share his message with his people. We'll look at that in a moment. And we're going to talk today mostly about the Christian age and and that dispensation of time and how it applies to us. But before we get into our lesson for today, let's bow as we always do in a word of prayer. Our holy and righteous Heavenly Father, we thank you for the many blessings that you've given to us, and we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity that we have to be able to study your word together, to come to an understanding of it, to properly apply it to our lives so that we can be the Christians that you want us to be. And we pray, Father, that you would bless us in our studies, bless our time together, bless us as we share your word with the world around us, as we share your message, your truth, and what what we need to do in order to be saved. Help us to share that message with the world as you have told us to Help us to bring glory and honor to you. We pray for those who are sick or suffering, those who 
are afflicted. You know their needs, and we pray that you would be with them. We pray, Father, that you would meet our needs. Bless us as we go throughout this day. Guide us, give us safety, and we thank you for your Son. It is through Jesus that we humbly pray. Amen. As we had come to this conclusion, we have talked about the patriarchal age. We've talked about the Mosaic age, um, the, the age of the law. But the law being given to the people in the Old Testament was not to be a permanent thing. It was not to be the only revelation of God's will that they would receive. I want you to turn with me for a moment to Galatians chapter 3. Galatians chapter 3, and let's begin reading at verse 15. Galatians chapter 3 and verse 15. Brethren, I speak in the manner of men. Though it is only a man's covenant, yet if it is confirmed, no one annuls or adds to it. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say, and to seeds, as of many, but as of one, and to your seed, who is Christ. We see here that the seed of Abraham was namely Christ. Christ came through the lineage of Abraham. In verse 17, And this I say, that the law, which was 430 years later, cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ, that it should make the promise of no effect. For if the inheritance is of the law, it is no longer of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. What purpose then does the law serve? It was added because of transgressions, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made, and it was appointed through angels by the hand of a mediator. Now a mediator does not mediate for one only, but God is one. Notice that the law was given until Christ should come. Until Christ should come. Once Christ had come, And he has come. We know that that he has come to this earth. He has lived life on the earth. He has uh, shed his blood for us. He died on a cross for our sins. And now that, that this promise has been fulfilled, that Christ should come, now we have a new way in which God shares his will with us. It is not for us to follow the the ordinances of the old law. It is not for us to take bits and pieces of the old law and continue in them. The covenant that was made to Abraham, it was made with Christ's coming in mind. And it was to last till the seed should come. In verse 19 of Galatians 3, Christ is the seed, as we read in verse 16, and now that he has come, there is a new age that is begun. 
with his death on the cross, his burial, his resurrection from the dead, with all of those things past, it was time to establish his church. And in the establishment of the church, we have the establishment and the beginning of the Christian age, the Christian dispensation of time. I want you to notice here, let's go back to the Old Testament for a moment. Genesis chapter 12, and let's look at the promise that was made to Abraham. Genesis chapter 12, and let's begin reading at verse 3. I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. That was the promise that was made to Abraham. The descendants of Abraham were to be blessed. Uh, Again, in Genesis 22 and verse 18, In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed, because you have obeyed my voice. Abraham's descendants were blessed. It, It was to come through his seed, Namely, through Isaac, who gave birth to a great generation of people, as God had promised Abraham would would happen, would come to pass. And so Abraham's descendants were blessed through his seed. Go back to Galatians chapter 3, we find the seed to be one individual through the seed being Jesus Christ. This was God's people, and they would give birth to Jesus Christ. The descendants of Abraham, through the lineage of Abraham, Jesus would come into the world, and he did. The descendants of Abraham were blessed through the seed that had been promised, the seed being Christ Jesus. How so? Again, Jesus died for the sins of spiritual Israel, becoming the mediator of the new covenant between God and man. The old law, the old covenant, was made with Christ's coming in mind, and at his coming, at his sacrifice, we see that the descendants of Abraham were blessed. This new covenant that is spoken of, that Jesus was going to be a mediator a mediator of between God and man, it was foretold that it would come. Jer- Jeremiah chapter 31. Let's look at verses 31 through 33. Jeremiah 31, beginning with verse 31. Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel. And with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt. My covenant, which they broke, though I was a husband to them, says the Lord. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, and I will be their God and they shall be my people. These things were to come to pass. God was going to establish a new covenant through his son. 
this has been fulfilled. As we look at Hebrews chapter 8. Hebrews chapter 8 and beginning with verse 6. But now he has obtained a more excellent ministry inasmuch as he is also mediator of a better covenant which was established on better promises. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then no place then no place would have been sought for a second. Because finding fault with them, he says, Behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and with the house of Judah, not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day when I took them by the hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they did not continue in my covenant, and I disregarded them, says the Lord. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their mind and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. None of them shall teach his neighbor and none his brother, saying, Know the Lord, for all shall know me, from the least of them to the greatest of them. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. In that he says a new covenant. He has made the first obsolete. Now what is becoming obsolete and growing old is ready to vanish away. The old covenant was to be done away with. It was to become obsolete. Not in that we cannot learn from the things that that we are taught in the Old Testament. I, I hope that you don't get the wrong idea that we as members of the Church of Christ do not believe in the Old Testament. We do. We believe that the Old Testament is given to us for our learning. And as it is given to us for our learning, we are to learn from it. We are to learn from the examples of the Old Testament, but we do not follow the law of the Old Testament. It is for us to know. It is for us to know how God's people were obedient to that law, but that law in and of itself has been done away with. It has become obsolete, and we are under a new covenant, a new law, a law that is established through the mediator, through Christ, through his death, burial, and resurrection, through him being the word and the word given to us through Christ, we are under a new covenant, a new time, a new dispensation, the Christian age. And as we are under the Christian age, we are under the laws, the teachings, the, the things that we find in the New Testament, the things that come from Christ. Our understanding comes through him also. The change of priesthoods necessitated the change of laws. Look at Hebrews chapter 7 and verse 12. Hebrews 7 and verse 12. For the priesthood being changed of necessity, there is also a change of the law. The priesthood of the Old Testament no longer serves. It's no longer the, the priesthood 
that we are to have. There is a new priesthood. Christ is now the high priest. There is a new order of the priesthood beginning with Christ. Christ as the high priest. Hebrews chapter 9 and verse 11. And we understand from 1 Peter chapter 2 and verse 5 that every child of God is a priest. That every child of God is a priest. Whereas you had the priests that ministered in the temple, they ministered on behalf of the people. We now worship God ourselves. We now worship God for ourselves. We are a priesthood and we can come before God. We can come into his presence in a spiritual sense through Christ. Think of how we pray for ourselves and for others. We do so because Christ gave his life, because he stands as mediator between us and God. But we are priests. He is the high priest, but we are priests. And again, as we assemble on the Lord's day and as we worship, we we offer our own sacrifice of worship to God. Why? Because we are priests. So the change of priesthood necessitated a change of the laws. We are no longer under the old law because those priests, that priesthood has been done away with. And there is a new order, a new priesthood that is established. And it's one of the reasons that we do not follow the old law. Christ's purpose in coming to earth was to put away the first law, establishing the second. Look at Hebrews chapter 10. Let's look at verses 8 through 10. Hebrews 10, beginning with verse 8. Previously saying, Sacrifice and offering, burnt offerings and offerings for sin you did not desire, nor had pleasure in them, which are offered according to the law. Then he said, Behold, I have come to do your will, O God. This is Jesus. I have come to do your will, O God. He takes away the first, that he may establish the second. By that will we have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. The old law is nailed to the cross. Jesus offered his own body as a sacrifice for our sins. And as he did so, the old law was nailed to the cross. Colossians chapter 2, verse 14, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Christ was born under the law, according to Galatians 4, verses 4 and 5. And he died under the law to fulfill it. Matthew chapter 5 and verse 17. He was under the law and being under the law, 
he could die to fulfill that law. But he had to be born under the law in order to be able to die in fulfillment of the law. We understand that the new covenant could not be established until after the death of Christ. It could not be established until after the death of Christ. Hebrews 9, verses 16 and 17. Hebrews 9, beginning with verse 16. For where there is a testament, there must also of necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is in force after men are dead, since it has no power at all while the testator lives. Christ had to die to fulfill the law. This testament was established in his death. A testament is in force after men are dead. This New Testament is given to us and it is established after the death of Christ. Christ's death on the cross fulfilled and ended the old law. Again, we go back to Colossians 2.14 that we looked at a moment ago. Having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross. Christ's death on the cross fulfilled and ended the old law. It is not until after his death, burial, and resurrection that the Christian age actually begins. Jesus had to die. He had to die for our sins. And in his death, he established this new law. This new law that we are under today. But it couldn't happen until after his death, burial, and resurrection. Let's take an example for a moment. The thief on the cross with Jesus. There are a lot of people that will try to take the thief and use him as an example and say, well, this is how we can be saved today. But we have to remember which side of the cross the thief was on. The thief on the cross with Jesus was on the other side of the new covenant. The new covenant hadn't been established yet because Christ had not died. And so as Jesus says, you you will be with me in paradise. It, it doesn't really matter if he was baptized or not. Jesus could save. He had the power to save. But again, this thief was on the other side of the covenant. We are on this side of the covenant, the side of Christ's death. And so we must obey the gospel through repentance, confession of faith, and baptism for the remission of sins, Acts 2 and verse 38. We do not have time to uh, continue our study today. We'll finish this up, Lord willing, next week, and I hope that you can be with me then. I thank you for being with me today, and uh, I certainly hope that, that if you do have any questions, any comments, that you would contact us. The best way, uh, you can go to our website, www.marshillcoc.org. And we have contact information on the website. Uh, you can send us a message through the website. But do feel free to contact us if you have any need that we can help you with. 
I hope to be back with you again next week, Lord willing, Tuesday morning at 11 a.m. But until then, may God bless you.
Listening every moment to the Spirit.